welcome back everybody to the TOT Cast Lease Edition. It's been quite a while since we've done this. Um, lots changed since then. The Pittsburgh Penguins are Stanley Cup champions. Phil Kessel, our beloved, you know, Toronto Maple Leaf. Former Toronto Maple Leaf. Has got a, himself a Stanley Cup. Uh, this episode we're going to go more in depth with the draft though. And we brought our casual hockey fan, Ryan Greco, on from the show. He's going to be joining myself, Crystal Kranitz, and as usual, David Morissuti and Jake Middleton. Guys, how's everybody doing? I mean... What are the thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals and Phil Kessel finally being a champion? Oh, uh, let's see. I actually wanted San Jose to win because I had a little bit of uh, money involved in that. But uh, you know what, Phil, just seeing him raise the cup like that, you know, he definitely deserved it. He played, he played his ass off in that in that final, especially leading up to it with the HBK line, which I think is like the greatest name for a hockey line. Like, uh, so yeah, I think every Leafs fan could be happy for Phil. You saw that on Twitter and you saw a certain Toronto sports writer get roasted for it. Just shows that Phil, Phil just needed a new spot and he did well in it. Or was that Simmons you're talking about? Yeah. I hate that weasel. That's your buddy, man. Jake, you love Simmons. I hate him so much. <laughs> uh, just uh, as as a, as a guest of the Leafs podcast, I want to say hello to everyone, but also I'd also like to just let it be known that uh, uh, fuck Phil Kessel. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, back at all today, Ryan. The, uh, the, H, the HBK line is absolutely perfect for Leafs fans because that's exactly what it was watching that happen. And uh, the blue and white curse is still living strong. And uh, yeah, to hell with him. Well, he did say he might bring the Stanley Cup to Toronto. He said there's a very, very that, strong That's a savage it. move. <laughs> you know what, though? I kind of like him doing that. I think yeah. it's comical. I want him and Bozak to be on like a like a truck going through like Young Street and just see what happens. With hot, <laughs> I'd go down with hot dogs and cookies if I was him. Everything everybody chirped him about. I'd be, pelt, I, I'd be pelting him with cookies. Oh, man. He's going to have like a hot dog vendor set up and he'll like have a picture of like Steve Simmons' face on the cart. Maybe did you in. see? Did you see that uh, that hilarious thing? Uh, the article that he wrote to Toronto, the the thing that was in that, uh, I, that like fake sports thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that was. I don't think that was him. That was uh, no, obviously, yeah. but it was hilarious. Oh, it was definitely funny. For those of you that haven't seen it, it just Phil basically telling Toronto where to go. <laughs> yeah, basically where to go. I think we'll we'll link that somewhere. In the uh, in the in the uh, article, I'll look in the description of the podcast as oh, well. Thank God, because it, it's pretty comical. But to get back on a serious note, today we were here to talk about the draft, preview the draft a bit. I mean, it's a big one for the Leafs; they got the number one pick. Uh, so we thought we'd bring on Ryan as a casual hockey fan to kind of create this draft preview for dummies guide. Almost, no offense. To kind of show you what to expect as a casual fan for the draft. <laughs> let, let me make one thing clear, everyone listening out there. I have not been paying attention to hockey for about the past five to six years. <laughs> like, it's been wow. that long. Well, I know I know Toronto sports fans have just completely forgotten what anything that's going on in Toronto. So you're not you're not alone then. That's they keep asking me. So how uh, how are the Leafs doing with Phil there? I'm like, yeah, Phil's gone. <laughs> long gone. Oh man, that, that, I even knew that one. <laughs> be fair <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that one so, so you gotta give yourself a little more credit there Ryan I'll just say that it would just be bad if I was still asking so how about Phaneuf there how about that guy what's, what's going on with him <laughs> is he still a captain <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, do you at least know who the Leafs are going to take with the first pick in the draft? All right. Well, I, I actually, in light of this podcast, I did I did have a couple of questions for the boys here. Um, I, I have to ask, um, because I've been hearing all the rave about this kid even before the Leafs got the number one overall pick. So I just have to ask, uh, gentlemen, what's the big fucking deal about Austin Matthews? I, I, I really don't know what it is. Jake, let, let's let you take this one because I think Jake, you... Jake, educate me. What What's the big deal with this kid? All right, for for the guy that that says he hasn't paid attention in a while, he's he's really good. That's the big deal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I'm the I guess I'm the USA hockey master, considering I'm the only one that's down here. He's American. He is. He's actually from Scottsdale, Arizona, and he's half Mexican. He's think wait, about that. Hold on, Me- Mexicans hold on. playing hockey. <laughs> Don't tell Donald Trump he... that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's why Arizona wants him so bad. Jesus no, Christ! So he really wasn't playing like soccer, or he was he playing baseball, to... but then he quit uh-huh. because he wanted to play hockey. He was better at hockey, apparently. How, apparently how did he, he get good down there? Who did he play against? They actually have a really good program called the Arizona Bobcats that. I've actually played against. They were shit when we played them, but I hear they've gotten a lot better. I'd hope so. It's like, wait, did they, they put him, did they, when he was like seven, did they like put him up there or like? Uh, he's on the U16 team as a seven-year-old. <laughs> well, here, Jake, if you could walk us through something, since you've been fortunate enough to play in the U.S. Hockey League, their developmental program doesn't get a lot of credit for the players they've been pumping out recently. Is it as good as it's like showing right now, or is it just kind of lightning in a bottle for them with a lot of good players at once? Yeah, no, I mean they actually pretty much set the the whole the model for everyone to follow with regards to junior hockey. I mean they have a program. It's called USNDP NDTP, which is the U.S. Developmental Team uh, National Program, and it's up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it's basically they select the best kid, best 25 kids from an age group and they get to go for school for free in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is right next to the campus of University of Michigan. Yep. They play in the USHL, so they play together. And they play against college teams and stuff like that too. And it's just a great way to get guys of your age group to be able to play with each other so you're ready for tournaments. That's why the U.S. has been really good in tournaments because all these guys play together. Unlike the Canadian team, but they've started to do that more, and the Russian team made theirs. So, yeah, yeah see, I think the big difference between hockey, the development, and especially in Canada these last few years, has been the cost. Like in Canada, just to even play AAA hockey, it's like tens of thousands of dollars, from what I've heard. And only those who can afford it get to play. And now with all these uh, issues with concussion and everything, I don't think many young Canadians are wanted a career in hockey or even pursue a career in hockey. I think that's where the U.S. is a little different in that regard because they do start them really young. And as you said, to go into a school like that really makes a big difference. So that's why you're seeing a big uh, big like change, especially with all these American players dominating the draft. Players like Chuck, uh, you got Matt. Clayton Keller. Yep. You know. Logan Brown's all- American too, no? Yep. All those kids played on the same team. So I got a, a question here, guys, then, as um, from what I've been hearing then, because, you know, I, as, as Chris knows, and I think as you guys also know, I cover a lot of basketball on the site. And um, 
from a lot of the programs that have been in place for decades in basketball. It seems like hockey in America, a lot of the hockey organizations in America have kind of taken uh, some of those ideas and kind of transferred into the game of hockey, having these kids all play each other uh, consistently to the point of why you guys are saying that the Americans have been doing a lot better in these international tournaments or any of these other big tournaments going on, why they've been dominating the draft system. Uh, they've kind of just used a system that's worked so well for them in sports and they're now kind of translating more towards hockey. Is that a fair assessment? Or Actually, I think of all, all U.S. sports, USA Hockey's probably got the best developmental program. I mean, I know with basketball, uh, some kids from my area that have played is like Kyrie Irving played against my high school, Carl uh, Anthony Towns on the Timberwolves. Um, like a bunch of players have been around because New Jersey's a really good state for basketball. Yeah, and they don't, they don't have that. They have like AAU. Which is you probably know AAU. Yeah, they, bas- they yeah, basically have here. AAU, and basically in the U.S. it's just massive in high school, and a lot of the kids either go to prep schools because the prep leagues are insane, yep. and then they just go straight to college. There's actually like the company I work at is called like Von Wagner Sports and Entertainment. One of our biggest competitors is IMG, and they actually have a a, a school where they take like really talented athletes. And like baseball and basketball, and they actually play other prep schools. It's basically like a semi-pro league. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, they have the best football program right now in, in America. Whoa, where are you getting that from? IMG Academy in Florida, in Bradenton. Chris Winkie runs it. Hey, uh, all I know is uh, the school a couple miles down from me, Don Bosco Prep's been won two yeah, national titles in the past five years. Go check IMG right now. Ten of the top 50 recruits are from there. Even all right, I'll check, man. I thought I knew everything, though, but we'll see. <laughs> well, if you know everything, then why is there still talk about uh, Patrick Laine possibly being taken over Matthews? Yeah, that's just for TV. That's for people to, <laughs> to sell to sell those things. But, you know, anybody that knows or watches hockey knows that that's not really a conversation. Okay, well, Although, I'm... he'd be nice. <laughs> Buffalo yeah. Bill, as, as the overdrive guys call him, but yeah, I don't happening. Well, even with that being said now, um, my other question for you boys is, um, with the number one overall pick, um, me being a a cynical bandwagon-style Leafs fan, (laughs) with the number one overall pick, what's the worst blue and white curse scenario come draft pick? Sorry, come draft day for this team. What's the worst thing that they could do? I mean, it's pretty hard to mess it up, but it would probably be taking line A. That's the worst case scenario because you could be blind and just by listening to the talk about both of them, you could pick the right guy. I mean, it's that cut and cut and dry. Are we talking? I I have so much faith in this, this front office too. I mean, they've made some incredible picks, so I mean, you can't fault them, but hey, we'll see. I think the worst thing they could possibly do is take Alex Nylander, number one overall, and think that they're getting like the Sedins part two. And this is being the stupidest thing I could possibly think of right now. And I don't because I don't even know if, like what they could do to. Or even, to, or even, or even, or even Matthew uh, Chuck, who's supposed to go like four or five. Yeah. Just because he's from the London Knights, and Mark Hunter, who's their head uh, head scout, you know, he you know his relationship with London Knights. But no, I don't think they're going to do anything that stupid. You know. We got rid of those stupid guys a couple years ago. So there are no uh, JP Richardis left in the boardroom. Oh, I'm hearing start. Don't bring that dickhead into this. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, last uh, another question: uh, Is there anyone else the Leafs could pick number one overall that 
everyone in this room could be satisfied? Is there any deal that could happen that would satisfy you guys other than them taking Austin Matthews? Jake? They'd have to pretty much rob the Arizona Coyotes out of, I, in my opinion, two first-round picks, Dylan Strome or Christian Dvorak and Max Domi. That's the only way I'm doing it. But I don't think there's any way. We've waited 10 years to get this kid. You know, you, you can't give up on a guy that's supposed to be this good. You just can't. Chris? No, I totally agree. I think you would need a king's ransom to actually move this pick and then some. Like, you know what people want in terms of Austin Matthews, how much they need him. Quote-unquote Arizona. Their, their, their GM said the interest is not true, but we all know it is. It's got to be a lot. Dave? Yeah, no, it has to be a... Like, it has to be like a Connor McDavid for like the first overall pick and something else from the Leafs. That's the only way I could see that happening. Like, and even though the Edmonton would be like, stupid to trade Connor McDavid, but at this point, with Edmonton, anything can happen. Um... And I'm being serious. Like I'm not even joking about that. Like Edmonton could do anything right now. But they uh, traded Gretzky, right? <laughs> for like you, cash considerations. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. When you think about it, what they trade him for? Yeah, like really. Edmonton shouldn't be allowed to exist right now at this point. From everything I've uh, I've heard, city champions, brother. <laughs> you don't even want to get me started. There's only one other guy that gets Jake way more than the city of Edmonton. That's, I, I hate them so the much. That's the best defenseman in the draft, Jacob Chichurin. Oh, Chichurin. Chichurin. Oh Chichurin. You gotta, if you're going to insult the guy, at least say the name properly, Chris. Chichurin. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> He's from Florida, too. You bring up Chichurin and it just but, gets Jake going. Hey, look, look, look. But Jake actually tried to kind of defend Chichurin there. Chris, I think there was like some reverse psychology there you tried to use on him. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a southern, there's a Southern hockey star. <laughs> easy no? Batman, easy. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, man. that'll make him a little happy there. Same with Nylander. He's played in Chicago. Yep. But that's actually a good hockey program. Okay, Florida's trash. Just to get a I gotta ask you and Dave this then to break it down for most Leaf fans out there that may not be following like Ryan. How does Austin Matthews fit in with the Leafs then? Perfectly. I, I can't <laughs> imagine a more perfect fit that you could ever think of for a player. I mean they have not had a number one franchise center since Sedin retired in what? 06 or 07? When did he leave? 06? Sedin left in – I even wrote about this. Hold on. Hold on. 2008. He left after the 2008 season. I'm, hold on. I'm writing this down in my notes, Matthews. <laughs> well, because he left before the Leafs got Kessel. So he, he left. Capital in, letters. Sorry, sorry, Dave. My all point. caps. Not just all caps. Not just capital All caps. Letters. Perfect. Perfect. E-C- T exclamation mark. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Dave? Sorry to interrupt there, buddy. My bad. No, no, that's fine. Uh, no, no, just going on what Jay said there is like the Leafs have a lot of players who uh, who can display great offensive talent. You got William Nylander, Mitch Marner. Uh, you can even include some like Kasperi Kapanen. They got players who have that offensive instinct to just attack, but they don't have a guy who's willing to go back and sacrifice himself defensively which you need now in the NHL, especially in the playoffs, to get your team to the next level. And that's what Austin Matthews is. Are you saying that they're all pussies? I'm not saying they're pussies, but we've heard Mike Babcock say that they kind of have to put a little effort in the other side of the ring. He wants some grit. He wants he wants a little grit. And Austin Matthews will give that effort, He will, but he doesn't lose his offensive talent. Like ah. His shot 
I can compare it to like Joe Sack. Elite. Okay, hold on, Dave. Dave, hold on, hold on. I think he's all around elite, though, to be honest. Matthews is not a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so just okay. and just to confirm, yeah, Matt Sandin left after the 2007-2008 season to go to Vancouver. So, just and he had 78 points in 74 games in that last season with the Leafs. So, so there so you I, go. That's where we're getting awesome. So like, and um, Sandin should have retired anyway. That was right after the. Leafs. I mean, he should have accepted a trade to Philly that would have gotten us Jeff Carter and and the pick that would have been Claude Drew. But yeah, that's for another day. Yeah. Uh, Why you gotta do uh, this? Why you gotta do this? Because I listen to Overdrive, and they say this. And they, just, they, they just love getting O'Neal so fired up. I was up. just about to say, and, you were literally I'm trying like to... And I'm like a baby O'Neal. Because I'm just like, God, I hate you now. Or was there also the time where they were going to try to take uh, Tom's Cavalry over to Edmonton? I heard that rumor, too, and he, he turned it down as well. So yep. The time that John Ferguson Jr. actually wanted to do something... But when he gives these guys no trade clause, it yeah, actually he's backfires. Yeah, a dumbass. Don't give anybody a no trade clause. If, if, so I don't know, Ryan, if you know John Ferguson Jr., but he's probably the equivalent of J.P. Ricciardi. For the I cannot confirm or deny. He's like Rod Babcock for the Raptors. <laughs> Rob, oh, I draft a Ruggio. I trade VC for a bag of pucks that I can't even use on a basketball court. He's like that kind of guy. No, he's like James Dolan for the Knicks. <laughs> what? This is a new level of incompetence. <laughs> He's a moron. He was horrible. That is the abyss of sports. So I uh, was I'm, a jackass. <laughs> what, I, what I'm getting from this is is things are looking up, right? Things things are they are they 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 had to hit for rock even, bottom, but now things are are getting better. Yes, for even the most cynical of people, and I am one of the most. I've been cheering for this team to lose for two years, like literally cheering for them to lose. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, and, and I was so happy that they got dead last because I knew the team that got last was going to get it. And Edmonton, for actually trying to win games, almost got there. And if they got it again, I swear I would have burned their new building down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, who do you guys think Austin Matthews would play with then? Because I've heard a lot of talk about how JVR and Marner might be a good fit or even – JVR Nylander, who do you guys think he's best suited to play with in presumably a top six role? I would say JVR definitely. Um, you could have, I mean, it's tough. I think Mitch Marner would, I think they wanted to play the wing just because that reliability to play defensively as a centerman would be too much for him in his first year. So you could have Marner, but that means you would probably put them second line. I wouldn't do that as the first line because that'd be a lot for even for a player like Matthews in his first year. So let's say you have Nylander, Kadri, and I guess right wing you would go Komarov and then or Hyman, and then you have JVR, Matthews, and Mar and Marner. That's a pretty good top six you got right there. It's going to be a young, developing top six, but it's going to be a good one. That's I think that would be a good mix right there. Jake, I don't know maybe if you agree or disagree with me. Yeah, I actually had this lined up. I mean, obviously I'm not going to – Matthews, I'm not going to put an 18-year-old on our first line. Um, but I have it – basically I have it lined up that it's Kadri on the first line with Nylander and Komarov. And then in the second line I would have um, – I'd have, yeah, Marner, JVR, and Matthews because I think that would be the, the best possible uh, line mates for him. The other thing I could even suggest, maybe instead of having Marner play the second line, is you put Hyman there, and then you put Marner on the third line if Bozak sticks around. 
But there's also. Are you the... serious? We're gonna put Zach Hyman on Wait. the second line. Come on, Chris. Stop. Well, it's not Chris. It's Dave. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. Sorry. But <laughs> come on, so Jacob. Many... Chris, Chris is just sitting here silently taking this abuse. Right. Come on, Jacob. But the only... No wonder he jumped your bones. I'm not, but I'm not suggesting that Marner be the third line forever. Like, just to, just to start. Still, you're talking about a guy that that's like Mr. Tryhard. Yeah, you love him on your team, but you hate him. Everybody does. I feel like his ceiling is Darren Helm. Fast that's a skater. very good ceiling. Yeah, I feel like that's a good ceiling for him. He's a specialist yeah. specialist player, great skater, agitator a bit, can help chip in in the playoffs, but I feel like that's it. I think I think that fourth line should be – I think it, next year it should be uh, Gauthier with, with uh, Soshnikov and Hyman. I, that's what I think it would be. Oh, so you think – okay. But how about where do you think Connor Brown fits inside? Do you put him as a third line then maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say third line with Bozak and and probably Mahalik or something like that. We well, still got Brooks like and a lot of other guys there. Colin Greening, I mean, these are guys. Yeah, that, but don't let's just around. let's just say, have you seen Brooks like's wife? Let's just say they're going to go on a long vacation next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's going to be that, that, oh, that vacation spot is probably going to be occupied by Joffrey Lupo. But I think we'll talk about him later. But there's, but maybe Ryan Ryan's probably heard there's the biggest wild card for the Leafs in this situation is comes free agency oh he's aware of Stamkos this, I mean this, he does live under I'm, a rock this I'm aware of this this I know that's probably the biggest wall card to what they do with Matthews because if they get Stamkos if they pick he's Matthews one, I mean the blue and white center. curse is still on I mean if they pick Matthews no the blue and white <laughs> curse would be Stam- the blue and white <laughs> curse guess. would be Stamkos going to Montreal you think so I think him coming here and like his blood clots acting up and not being healthy would be a bigger curse than going to Montreal I, I I'm gonna have to completely agree on that one. I think that would yeah. be the absolute worst case scenario. Signing him, paying him a ton, and like Chris Boss levels of of lung oh. of blood clots. But they're insuring that contract, unlike Columbus with Horton, at least they wouldn't. I I don't know why you don't do that before. I mean, I'm just a simple man that works in sports marketing. That just seems like an intelligent thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know. Like, I know Columbus doesn't have a lot of money. Yo, the, the thing I but... hate is NHLs don't do, have fully guaranteed contracts. That's a joke. That'll That's change. what I like about the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Have guaranteed money so these guys don't sit around like slobs. Exactly. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Well, here, not to deviate too far off the draft here, because Ryan only knows that we're taking Austin Matthews with the first pick, and that's about it. I, I know I know. fuck all else after, well, after that. What do you guys think? <laughs> they, they have 12 picks in this draft. So what do you guys think they're going to do with some of the other picks, like 30 and 31, for example? Is there anybody you see being an ideal fit at those slots? Uh, yeah, I actually got quite a little uh, – when I was on my plane back from Toronto, I bought this amazing Hockey News draft preview thing, and it gave me a terrific list of players. But um, – Do the tell, guys do that tell. Or me? I said do tell. Do tell, okay. Um, but just a couple of the guys that I've been looking at, the guy I love personally – in this draft is Pascal LaBerge for that. Okay, I mean, Pascal. I watched him in the in the Cherry versus Orr prospect game. He scored two goals and had an assist. He played with Pierre Luc Dubois. He plays for the Victoriaville uh, the team the Victoriaville team in the QMJHL. And he's not he's actually I thought he was way smaller. I thought he was like five nine. I did not know he was six one. That shocked me, but I thought he was a really good player. He had a good year this year. I think he had like seventy points or something. He was on that under-18 team 
with the Tyson Jost and, and uh, the other defenseman that plays in Penticton. His name eludes me at this point. I think Fabro. Um, but I like him. I like Cliff Pooh. I like Carter Hart. Um, I like Tyler Parsons. I like the Russian kid uh, who was a part of that scandal, German uh, Rubsoff, the guy, the Melodonium kid. And uh, that's it for that position. Did you say Samuel Gerard too? I did not. What are your thoughts on him? I know he played in the queue, but small. It, I don't defenseman. like that he's small. Yeah, he's kind of small. I'm trying to go above six feet from now on. I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about Alex DeBrinket, but Jesus, man, that's the last place I would, I would go. Isn't he like five six? I think yeah. No, I think he's like five seven, five six, hundred and forty five pounds. Okay, more Jesus than that, but Christ, get out of here! <laughs> you don't think there's any room for these small, speedy guys anymore? No, we got enough of them. We, we got to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got a lot of those. Um, do you see when I look at the Leafs? The Leafs have the 30th overall pick, and they have the 31st overall pick. I was listening to uh, on uh, TSN 50 on my way here. Actually, uh, I can't remember who they were talking to. They were talking about the Leafs, the draft pick the Leafs have. I don't think I don't see a scenario where the Leafs don't draft trade up. Like they have to trade up at the like they have the those two picks side by side. You could probably move up and get a guy like uh, I think I was I wrote in my article like a player like Jake Bean. Jake Bean would be awesome. Like a defenseman. It, that's that's yeah. The, if, if you could trade up to say, I'm gonna spitball your twelve, twelve, and you can get a guy like a like a Charlie McAvoy, a Dante Fabro. Maybe even a Jacob Chikrin. Or, <laughs> or Jake, or Jake so Bean. I mean, that would be obviously the perfect scenario. Or the guy I love is Sir Gatchev, the rushing kid for, for Windsor. Yeah, I, don't, I think though. he goes like seven yeah. or eight, I think. But, I mean, that would be great. Another thing that I think would be really cool if they trade up is to get Nylander. I mean, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't think it's very possible. They would I think have, it would cost them a lot more than, yeah. than uh, 30 and 31. It's going to cost them probably a player or prospect that's got some uh, – I don't know what prospect would equate to in that deal, but it would cost them at least a player and the draft picks as well. That might not be a bad thing, though. We consider the Leafs are getting up near that 50-man roster maximum limit, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to shed space yeah. with players, right? They're going to have to get rid of some guys to kind of create space. I, I can see them doing what they did last oh, this past season by getting Michael Grabner, trading five prospects who didn't have a future with the team, and get a guy who they just needed – New York just needed the cap dump, which make, that makes sense again. I think uh, – that wouldn't surprise me. There are some there are some prospects with the Marlies who are on the fringe that they don't know what's really going on with them. So if I'm the Leafs, you can they have they have that option, but they don't even have to do that at the draft. They can do that afterwards. Afterwards, so I mean, I, I I'll would, be the I'll be the first one to say Ryan. If you're still a casual hockey fan, if you like trades and you like playing NHL 16, watch the draft. I'll say <laughs> minimum 15 trades happen. No, I feel like that might even be low. That's fifteen. That, that's that's almost that's that's almost that's half a deal per team. No, I know, I know, but I feel like there might be some teams that make multiple. Just I think the Leafs make four. I think from what I heard from Pierre LeBrun today on the radio and what he said on ESPN, I think they're gonna go and get Freddie Anderson. I'm gonna put that in the bank. I will tell you now. Get put in on your projected roster Freddie Anderson. 
I think it's going to happen. I'll make sure I move the lines accordingly for you there and to uh, put the chalk up there. Minus, <laughs> minus 250. You're welcome. And just to educate uh, Ryan, the Leafs goaltending situation has been... Uh... Awful. <laughs> I was actually just about to ask that. I go, so, yeah, what I've heard a lot of talk about... Uh, you know, it's horrible lines. So I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of funny. I I stopped watching hockey around the same time Ed Belfour left. So uh, I've never heard much Last since time then. We had a good goalie. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So we had what in that time we had Andrew Raycroft, Vesa Toskala, uh, yeah, <laughs> Martin Reimer, Gerber. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a story about Gerber. Okay. Ooh, you got a story. I have a story. I do have a story. <laughs> so I got a story for you next, though. Story okay. time. Wait. Story time. Story time. Okay, I'll keep. I'll try and keep it brief. Um, so, I was dating this girl, and um, she was. I had just kind of finished playing hockey, and I was just out of it. But I was still kind of casually watching, as hence being a casual fan, I still casually watched the game. And uh, so, my girlfriend thought it would be a neat idea to get me a, a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And uh, her being, um, she's a sweetheart, but she was also Jamaican, so she absolutely had no idea necessarily what she was. Uh, doing anyway when she walked into the store asking for a uh, asking for a jersey and so I, I think just because the guy might might have just been trying to get rid of stock uh, she she had told him that I used to be a goalie and so he goes oh do I have the thing for you so uh, come <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> come come time for my birthday I uh, I happened to uh, to uh, get a, a Leafs jersey and I went oh well that's really nice you know it's still a very expensive jersey so I got this great great deal you have, you have no idea how much of a great deal and he told me it was a goalie and I know that you used to be a goalie so it's just like you and I go great cool who who is it and then I flipped it over and I I was like who the fuck is is Garber. <laughs> Oh I looked at her and I went, I, I was like, babe, that's a really sweet gift, but I have no idea who the fuck Garber is. And Garber. she went, I, and I don't know either, but it was a great no deal. And I actually had to do some, I had to, I had to Google it and I looked around and I saw, I was like, what the fuck is going on? So that there, was, you, you, that you was, want a little history lesson on who Mar- Martin Gerber is? I, would, <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to do that. Yeah. I, so I would love, I would love to know who, shit. this piece up. of shit. Gets traded to the terrible Toronto Maple Leafs. I think this is 09. Yes. He gets traded yes. to the terrible Toronto Maple Leafs team at the trade deadline. They're the worst team in the league. It's not even close. So they get traded here. This scumbag shows up in his first three games. Doesn't he get back-to-back shutouts? Yeah. And then another one? <laughs> so short, short story. The Leafs end up winning a shitload of games with this asshole. They end up getting the seventh pick. They would have gotten the second pick, which was Victor Hedman. Victor fucking Hedman. Guys taken after him? Oh, Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Braden Shen, Oliver ekman Larson. The Leafs got fucking Nazem Kadri. <laughs> uh, Hold on. Wait a minute. And that was I, just did a, I, just, I just pulled a caveman SpongeBob meme right there. <laughs> we could have had all those guys. Now keep in mind, remember, I don't live under a rock. I do know who those people are. So we could have gotten all those guys if it wasn't for fucking Martin Garber. Martin Gerber and Gerber, Gerber and Boyd Devereaux. I think it was Boyd Devereaux who had two goals. Fucking Garber. And his last. So in that season, it was, was his last, last NHL game. He was against the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. What? Yeah. Okay. He, and then he fucked off. He had. Okay. He, that, that's how sweet. You know, it's my buddy Steve Dangle. He told uh, the story actually. He Dangle. told us. He tells the story all the time. But the Leafs needed to lose to at least be guaranteed. 
top five. Top five. Boy Devereaux in his final NHL game scores two goals, and I think the Leafs beat the Senators like five three or five two. Yeah, it was something and, ridiculous on the yep, last night. It was five two, oh, and no. they and they and they end up picking seventh. <laughs> so it was one final fu to the fans, the blue and white. That, that is Jesus. the definition of the blue and white curse. That's, that's the boo and white curse. Fuck. B O O. So yeah, they, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at it now. After they after they were uh, acquired Martin Gerber, his next six starts, he went five and one. They lost the only game they lost was in goddamn overtime. What uh, a dick! And, oh, but but it did bring that season did bring my best friend because I remember Gerber. It was the Leafs versus the Capitals late in the game. Gerber got tossed because he pushed the ref. Because the goal was let in and he didn't like the the call by the ref, so oh, he push, he pushes the ref, gets kicked out. My favorite Leafs goalie of all time, Curtis Joseph, comes in and gives the vintage Cujo performance, robbing the Capitals <laughs> in overtime in the shootout. But the bittersweet part of that was that the Leafs got two points instead of one <laughs> out of that. But it did bring me the only thing Martin Gruber ever did bring me was that Cujo moment. But yeah, Gerber didn't really bring much else after that. So you'll, then, the boys will all be happy to know that uh, that that Gerber jersey is no longer in my possession. Thank God. Yeah, I hope it's because I would have I would have asked for it. I think I think it became um, one of my neighbor's dog's chew toys or something like that. Because they, they're or Canadians a, fans, so I mean, or the nest or the or the mating nest of a moth. A moth. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But just just to know how terrible the Leafs' gold thing is right now. Garrett Sparks, who was the number one goaltender for the Leafs going down, I actually played him, and I scored on him when we played the Chicago Mission in, I think, 2010. I scored on him. Did you go bar down? I'm not, no, I, I think I beat him. I think it was, like, right in between his glove, like, pretty much chest side. It was a terrible goal, and it went in. I'm just like, this guy sucks. We were terrible. Are you saying that we could somehow get him on the podcast so we can tell him how shitty he is? Or <laughs> no, well, what Jake's saying is he could snipe on him again. <laughs> there you that'd go. Be great. I'd be like, hey, Garrett, remember when you were playing that that trash New Jersey team and you you let in those two goals? Yeah, I scored one of them. And he'd be like, who are you? Because they dusted us. I think it was like eleven two. That's nah, all good. The thing about Gary Sparks is, I think William Nylander might have been on that team, the Mission team. I probably wasn't, but they were good. Well, you guys would have been cr- crushed if Nylander played on that team, though. <laughs> Ryan Hartman was on that team for sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. love Ryan Hartman, man. That's Off your Chicago dude. Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing about the goaltending, I mean, Sparks, it, it was a tough goal for him in the NHL, and the playoffs were definitely a tough goal for the Marlies goaltending, especially Bebo. But I think, yeah, I could definitely see the Leafs trading for a goalie because there's no way – Jonathan Bernie is going to be playing the whole this season as the number one. No shot. Yeah. The issue is what you I mean. The Leafs do get a goalie. What can they get rid of Bernie? Do they try to get rid of Bernie? I mean, I I, I must actually. I'm. Uh, I do have to kind of jump in here for a second because I, I'm not gonna lie. Other than really, I mean, like maybe Lundqvist or Carey Price, I have never heard any real serious sexy goaltending names come out of 
of the NHL for quite some time. Like it always just Braden seems Holpe's like one now. sorry, Braden Holpe. Yeah, yeah, yeah Braden Holpe. He actually he did he break Martin Broder's uh, single season victories record or was it? No, he didn't just, because Broder yeah. used to play like 150 games. Yeah, the guy. <laughs> the guy was an asshole. I think Broder once played 79 games um, in a season or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I played with his kid. His kid's an asshole too. Yeah, I saw him at the OHL Combine last year actually. Him and you know the, Gary Roberts you know, kid. You know, you know about uh, Broder's wife. He pulled a savage move. Actually, he divorced his wife and then married her sister. Wait, what? What? That's Look what it up. Shanahan. That's what, Shanahan scooped his. Well, his old teammate was dating or was married to this girl, and they got divorced, and then Shanahan ended up marrying her. I think yeah, it was yeah, back Mar- Martin Broder's what, wife at the time. What is it with hockey he, players and keeping it in the family? Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. He he divorced her and then married the sister. Bobby Big Wheels. Holy crow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning way too much information here as the casual fan right now. <laughs> You're welcome. We're just we're just letting you know on, on the stuff. Thanks, he Jake. Was, he lives in New Jersey, but he his family still lives here. They live in, like, Alpine County, which is, like, if you're not Jay-Z, you're not living there. Yeah, it's rich. Oh, okay, okay. Rich is an understatement. The biggest house there is actually still Ilya Kovalchuk's. The one he built. <laughs> which is... That you've seen Mike Vick's house, right? I don't know if you guys have seen that before. It, like, yeah, I've seen it. It, it kind of dwarfs that a little bit. Well, okay, let's just say that area land in northern New Jersey is a lot cheaper, a lot more expensive than in goddamn Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, easy he probably killer. Could build it's in a... Virginia. <laughs> huh? Wait, it was in Virginia. Yeah, Mike oh, Vick's God. house was in Virginia. Not the one where he did all that stuff to the. Yeah, dog. yeah, yeah. The house was huge. Oh. Jake, I'm just going to tell you right now just to uh, kind of correct your story there. You're almost – you were close about the Martin Broder story. I just looked it up. So at the time, Bro, the Broder's wife – I'm just trying to get the name here. Melanie Dubois. Okay, so Melanie Dubois, he, they married in 2000, 1995. So he, she filed for divorce and apparently – uh, the reason why they got divorced was he was having an affair with his current wife, Jean-Vievre Nolte, who was married to Melanie's brother. Oh, okay. That's, All right. You were close. It, it wasn't, right. They weren't sisters, but she was married to – there was a relationship there. So it was still, still. Screw, still screwed up. Sisters in law. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. That's, that's only slightly less disgusting in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little awkward. But uh, actually, back to my original point, boys. Um, I, I – I really haven't heard or seen of any really major uh, goaltending names besides like really the three that we just already mentioned. So um, is there any real specific reason as so, as someone as such as myself who might be getting back into the game, so to speak, in the next couple of years as the Leafs uh, finally decide to not be shit? Um, is there a specific reason why there hasn't been so many... Like I've just been hearing a lot of things about goaltenders just not staying consistent and guys and, and really more splitting time. In between, uh, in between roles as opposed to there just being one clear starter and one clear backup. Is there any specific reason for that trend? I think I wanted to. big thing about goaltending is it's a mental game. A lot of goaltenders now have goalie coaches to try to help their mechanic, like, you know, technically try to help them with their positioning, help them with their game. But a lot of the times it's a mental game. So you could have a goalie like Jonathan Brady who wasn't terrible when the Leafs picked him up. He was actually a pretty decent goalie. He had a good season. Like a, I heard about that. The only reason he wasn't starting was because of uh, Jonathan Quick, correct? Yep. That, like that would be a good reason why. Kind of be a good reason why not start. 
but but then he came to Toronto. He had a pretty he had a pretty decent season. Kind of he took uh, James Reimer's starting job, and then just after that it unraveled. I think just the the type of market that Toronto is, and just trying to play in that, it's tough. And the the mental effect that it has on a boy like him. He doesn't seem like I. I don't mean to try to be mean, but Bernie doesn't seem like the most mentally tough person. Just when I hear him talk, like he thought Nelson Mandela was a hockey player, so his IQ level may not also be <laughs> very high as well. But, I, I'll never forget hearing that. <laughs> um, but it's it's a mental thing. Like a lot of goalies lose it mentally when when pucks going in and they don't know why, or like Bernie's let in some goals that no goaltender should let in. It. it takes a toll mentally i think that was the biggest reason did it have anything to do as well with the fact that there were uh, shit players in front of him or was that just a byproduct 100 percent was because they had shit players well that too i mean carry but carry price is also not like what you can carry a team like but it takes a goalie like carry price to do it and nice little pun there (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for someone to say it yeah but i mean yeah again it also takes a good team to help a goalie out I mean, Matt Murray, he's a good goalie, but he also had a really good Pittsburgh Penguins team in front of him. And especially how many shots they block in that finals against San Jose. So they made his job really easy. Players can, your team can make your job easier, but as a goalie, you also are that last line of defense. Well, the Leafs are kind of trying to transition to more puck possession teams, so that should help the goalie as well, you think. I mean, if you have the puck, you can't get a shot against you, just to make like an easy analogy there. But the Leafs yeah. are trying to get into that more, right? So I think that might help their goaltending situation out as well. Because you look at teams, look, look at this year, for example, the Penguins and the Sharks in the finals. Before Martin Jones was in L.A., he went to San Jose and nobody knew if he could be a number one guy. Matt Murray kind of stole the spotlight from Marc-Andre Fleury when he went down with an injury. Neither of those two guys entering the season were expected to be number one goalies, mm-hmm. and now they are. So I kind of think the Leafs might stumble onto something here and... Uh, kind of let it be a byproduct of their transition to possession game. So something I think the goaltending situation might not be as as bleak as people are thinking. Well, and that's why a goalie like Frederick Anderson would be perfect for this team because did you see how he played in round one for Anaheim? Yeah, he's is amazing. Without, without Anderson, that probably could have been a sweep. Sweep. Because Anaheim could not score. They got crushed. Anaheim could defend. They couldn't score. That was their problem. And I think I, I wrote it in the in my in my article about the storylines and Leafs trying to go after a goalie like Anderson. He had a point nine four seven save percentage, which is really good. And it's incredible. His, and his goals against average was below two. One four one. Yeah, I think it was one four one. Yeah, like that's unheard of. Your team should win the win, series. Yeah. Win the series with goaltending like that. And they had John Gibson as the backup, who was actually probably even. I would say better than Anderson, in my mind, because he he got that team into the playoffs. Like that ten got that team into the playoffs. The pride right. of Pittsburgh, right there, <laughs> and a Leafs draft pick, but that's for another day. Oh, God, that, I, I think we should actually come back and do an episode before the draft starts about how many picks the Leafs would trade away and how many players it became. What, what they are? Sure, how about what the t- Leafs would have been like if they hadn't traded away draft picks? We'd we'd, we'd be winning five straight titles. And also, I think that episode would take us right into the draft, like physically. Yeah, like, maybe the longest podcast ever. We might be able to go for like a Guinness record or something. But to answer the question that Ryan had with with regards to why goaltenders, there's no real elite ones. I think it's because it's they're so close to the mean now. Like the 
how much talent there's in the goaltending position mm. is way higher than it was back in the day. I mean, you put Gretzky in the league today, he's getting half as many points. He's scoring against Darren Pang, who's 5'6". Now you got Ben Bishop, who's 6'7", 240, and can do the splits. Like, yeah, you're literally man. shooting around a gorilla. Yeah. But, I mean, all these guys are so big, they're so athletic, and they're easily the best athletes on the ice, and they're all really good. So to be considered elite, you have to do something that really stamps your your legacy as one of the best in the league. I mean, for superstar goalies, I think I'll run down the list of guys I think. Obviously, Carey Price, Braden Holpe, Jonathan Quick, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Ben Bishop. I think Corey Crawford is a superstar. I mean, I know everybody doesn't agree with me, but I think he is. And then Corey Schneider. Those are the guys that I think are superstars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that's still a very small amount. That's, I think, six guys. But, I mean, the, just goaltending league league around, around the league has just gotten so good that it's it's not as neg- negligible as it was back in the day when you had Dominic Hasek and then you had to go to what's Michael Telquist. Like, there's a big difference between the Dominator and Michael Telquist. Mm-hmm. If you remember who that is, yeah, 06 he... Leafs. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the playoffs this year. What team, other than like Philly when they had to uh, make that change to Michael Moivert, but what team had terrible goaltending? Like None. really bad And, and, and Neuvert was good too. Yeah. Neuvert was the reason they won. I would I would even try like if you're looking at a cheaper option goalie. I know he's a free agent after after this after next season, but why not try to see if Philly can get like give up Neuvirth? Because I don't think he's going to stick around in Philly unless they somehow can make Steve Mason go away. But I don't think that's going to happen. But every that's the main key. That's the key component you're going to need for a Stanley Cup champ. You can get really good players. Like Pittsburgh's biggest problem for the last couple of playoff series has been depth. Goal, yeah, yeah depth. depth and goaltending. Flurry would have these mental lapses, and it would cost the Penguins games, which can't happen in the playoffs. Well, even coaching too. I mean, yeah. Bosma's whole dump it deep and try and dump and chase the puck the whole time isn't the most ideal thing. Especially when you have Sidney Crosby on your team and getting yeah, Robin. it doesn't make sense the way they were playing. So I think having Mike Sullivan come in and really dictate the pace and have them play a more possession oriented game has helped them tons. And we saw that, but they they became deeper because of it, in my opinion, where they could actually go three lines deep where. In the past, they would go two lines and really depend on their power play. And if you look back at the old Penguins teams, almost 40% of their goals were coming on the power play. Mm. That's not ideal. No, definitely not. So I think we got that goaltending part. I think we got it pretty locked down. Thanks, gentlemen. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, here, to close out the draft for you, can we all agree this is a pretty deep draft? Yes. Um, Actually, I think think it's top-heavy. I think after the there's like a big gap between one two three or one two and then three through five, I think, and then there's another gap. It goes in layers, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think when you go between let's say twenty to fifty, there's not that much of a difference. But I would say it's a pretty average draft. It's it's obviously top heavy, like last year was. But overall it's pretty good talent. I've been surprised at how good the talent's been coming into the drafts over the past five years. I mean, the NHL's been lucky in that aspect that they've had a lot of young talent coming through the ranks and and being 
stars right away. I mean, you look at other leagues that are having issues with that, like obviously the NBA, where there's not enough stars to go around. I think it's it's good on the NHL that I think every team will, especially considering the draft coming up, will have a star on their team going forward. So I'd, I'd ask you guys, uh, let me ask you guys this then, if, uh, you know, based off of that premise that uh, this draft may be necessarily top-heavy, to quote you, Jake, um, what is the percentage of the Toronto Maple Leafs realistically also getting a second pick in that top 20? Jake? I don't know. I, I think the philosophy for the Leafs going forward is also with Kyle Dubas being a big analytics guy. Um, there's a big uh, analytics thing going on with based on where you're picked, they have like a percentage and they just average it based on how many games you'll play and stuff like that. Like obviously number one overall picks, they average, I think it's like six hundred, like a thousand games or something like that. And it goes in layers like that. And the thing they value is obviously picks. So for the the Leafs management now with with uh, Hunter and, and Dubas, I think they're trying to just get as many picks as possible. And like as you can see with how many picks we have in the first three rounds and next year I think we have what, three seconds or four seconds? Yeah, three. Three seconds. I mean, I, the big thing for them is obviously when you have so many holes like we have right now, you want to just maximize that and get as many potential players as possible. But I think this is the year where they have too many picks coming up. I mean, you can't possibly use all these players because if they all pan out like seemingly they did this past year with our draft, I think about six of the players look to have NHL potential, which is unheard of. You have to start trading them. I think they'll do that, and I think they'll trade picks. I think number 31 will be gone in a package to Freddie Anderson. But I think they stand pat. I mean, unless there's a really good offer for them to move up and get one of those high-end defensemen like a like a McAvoy or a Sergachev or somebody along those lines, I think they'll stand pat or even trade down, so would which you, wouldn't shock me. Would you give them, like, then I guess maybe like a 20% chance that they'd move up? or? Yeah, I mean, I th- I'd go higher than that. I'd yeah. say... I'd say it's pretty much a coin flip. I'd say 50-50 that they move up because okay. I hear that they they really do like the defenseman in this draft. And obviously you're not upset with where you're picking, but they definitely had a plan if they were in the, the four hole who they would take. And they obviously lucked out with that. And yep. we thought Pittsburgh would be a little higher. And they were really scouting guys in that range. And a guy that I think that they're really in love with this, which makes sense, is Ole Levy, but I don't see them getting up as high as he's potentially going to go. Yeah, he's borderline top five pick now. Dave? Yeah. No, I think if you're giving a percentage, I think just to say that the Leafs are more likely to trade, I'd give it 60%. Just because you have so many picks, in, especially in the later rounds, that you can give up maybe those mid, like the, that late first round pick and some of the second round picks just to try to move up. Uh, when it comes to trading for a goalie, I mean, the 30th pick could be in play, but at the same time, the market for goalies in terms of getting good trade value is not there, especially because Anaheim is in a dire situation because if with this ex- potential expansion to Vegas, they could lose Anderson for nothing because they can only protect one goalie. So if you're Anaheim, you're kind of in a kind of in a hard place there. 
But the good thing for Anaheim is they have a couple of teams that would need a goalie like Frederick Anderson. Like you got the Leafs, you got Calgary, potentially Carolina. So you do have teams that will will put a bid in for Anderson. So maybe it would take that thirtieth pick from Leafs, but maybe Anaheim would want some some players to go along with the deal. So maybe the Leafs can try to use those picks to move up. But yeah, it all depends on what the Leafs mindset is going into the draft. Do they prefer to get the defenseman, or do they want to get some players that can help now? Chris? I think for the first time in a long time, the Leafs actually have a really good idea of what they want, and by that I mean the player that fits their system, the player that fits their organization. Before, they would just make the case that, you know, taking best available. At the end of the day, the draft is a crapshoot, but I feel like the structure and the top of this organization has a very good idea of what they want. I think you're going to see that a lot with these draft picks. They may not keep them all. I'd say it's 50-50. They trade up. I'm kind of going to piggyback that there with Jake because it's got to be somebody they really like and they really feel is going to fit what they have or else why waste the pick, you know? Just just keep it. The The key with these draft picks too is these players come on cheap contracts. They come on cheap three-, four-year deals, entry-level deals where they can – they give you so many options and with the salary cap not increasing as rapidly as people like to think it will – they're cheap assets, so why would you want to get rid of those? You can even use them in trades and help sweeten things, and it just—it really gives them a lot of flexibility that I don't see them getting away from. And they know what they want, so why get rid of it? I mean, get these cheap players. Godfather Lou knows what's good. That he does. I've seen him do it my whole life. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you guys, uh, Dave touched on an interesting point there with the expansion. I know... <laughs> I know we both think that, well, all of us think that Vegas isn't really the best spot for hockey to go. I mean, no. it's it's like a touristy hey, destination. Hey, that's thing. my building there, man. Okay, easy there, easy there. You don't got to plug the company all the time, eh? <laughs> what is, isn't that like your? Isn't that like your fourth arena? Like, don't you guys yeah, have like we, five, we four bunch. or five different arenas across the United States named T T-Mobile? No, no. Oh yeah, there's two. No, no, there's one. The other one's the Sprint one in, in Kansas City, but. The other one that that uh, that we did with one of my buddies has actually worked on it was we did the freaking pizza pizza or whatever the shit is called the <laughs> Little Caesars Arena. There you go. Which my buddy, who's a diehard Red Wings fan, almost cried when they brought up who wanted to buy it for what price, and he was so upset with that. But hey, man, it's it's a big it's a big money business, so. I'll call myself the pizza oven too if it gives me that much money. <laughs> Wait, are they trying to rename the Joe or? Yeah, they that, did. They renamed they, they Joe came, Louis Arena the Pizza Pizza or Hot it's Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Little Caesars Arena. Up here they call it Hot and Ready. Yeah, yeah there you go. You're going to call it the Hot and Ready Center. <laughs> That'd be pretty that's, the, that's their slogan. I love it. Up here they had to change it because there actually is a company called Pizza Pizza. Pizza Pizza. <laughs> exactly. So, Chris, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you guys, there. how do you guys think the expansion draft will affect the Leafs? Or will it at all? It will help them get rid of a contract like Joffrey Lupul, possibly. Because I know everyone's talking about either putting him on LTIR. I mean, I don't know if that's going to... I mean, he's different in situation than what they're going with Stefan Robodov. I mean, Robodov's career is basically over. He's been banished. Like, he's... <laughs> He's been he's been told just to stay on that Lou Island. We all know that death by exile. Um, Who signed him to that deal? That was, was Nonus. That was Nonus, but with Shanahan, Jeez. when Shanahan had got there, so Shanahan thought it would be a good veteran presence in the locker room. Shanahan was probably out drinking, and Nonus just did it himself. Yeah, three year deal <laughs> yeah. for a thirty seven year old. Yeah, 
I remember. Get I just lay off the booze. I just remember Pierre Maguire saying that that was a very smart deal for the Leafs because of what it yeah. was in the locker room, and then it just all went downhill. Dave, I've I've heard really smart deal for the Leafs for about for as long as I've been alive, and I'm sure a lot of fans have been hearing it since the since the uh, the '60s. And uh, those two, th- those words should never be mentioned in a sentence unless the names are after, unless it goes after Mike Babcock or Lou Lamorello, or even Shanny doesn't get that pass just yet, right now, in my opinion. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, but the, I said they were, they thought they were good deals. They didn't say they were good it's deals. Okay, Dave, I still love you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, when we when you look at the potential draft, I mean, the the rules are kind of a little raw right now in terms of what the exemption is going to look like. But the Leafs do have a lot. The Leafs do have a lot of players that they don't want to lose. They they have a lot of young players that could potentially get scooped up that they're going to try their best to keep. So having a guy like Joffrey Lupul, Tyler Bozak, uh, Jonathan Bernie. Well, I mean Bernie would be a free agent, so that wouldn't really help them out. But having those guys around will keep will keep the younger players protected from getting selected in the draft in that potential expansion draft, but. It, until the rules are clearly defined, I think that I think we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with the with any potential buyouts or just players being uh, ready for the kind of not not kept around, not protected. I guess is the right word to say. Well, Dave. I tell you, I tell you one thing, David. I actually, David, Dave. I, I tell you, what, I think this is. I think this could actually screw the Leafs because mm-hmm. they have so many young players. Yeah. And have you you saw the exemption thing, right? Yep. Nylander would have to be protected. Yeah. Like, yep. I hope they do it as soon as possible so they don't have to protect Matthews and Marner because if they do it the year after this one, so the 2018 season, they would have to be protected. I mean, guys who would be available for an expansion draft are guys like Kappen and Brown, uh, like William Nylander, obviously um, – like Morgan Riley, and you also have to protect a certain amount of veterans as well. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs don't have very many veterans. Yeah. It's, I think it's a guy that's played over 300 games and under contract for the past season. And the only guys that fit the list are Kadri. I think it's Kadri, Gardner, and Riley are the only guys. Well, here I got it right here. The exempt. So players with two years of professional experience or less will be exempt from the process. So basically, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews will be exempt, but William Nylander, Kaspari Kapanen, Connor Brown. Brandon Leipzig, Stuart Percy, Andres Johansson, like all those guys are are eligible, yeah. and then they got the forty seventy. So basically, a minimum of two forwards and one defenseman must be exposed to have played forty games the previous season, or a total yeah. of seventy over the previous two. They must be under contract for the expansion team's first season. So Leafs who fit that criteria are Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, and Jake Gardner. Others who will soon fit that criteria also include Peter Holland, Matt Hunwick, our beloved Martin Marinson. God help us if he leaves. Frankie oh Corrado, Tyler Bozak, Leo Komarov, and JVR, and that's as per Kevin McGrand of the Toronto Star. I'm telling you, they're gonna get, they're gonna get a, some pretty good players. Yeah. Because not everybody's gonna be able to protect them. I mean, they're paying half a billion US. I mean, they're gonna be able to get some players. I think it's gonna be tight, tight and go. I mean, I don't have a legit list and all the rules to see who the Leafs are, who the Leafs have to protect, but I think there's a very good chance. They lose a guy that people think is a serviceable NHLer. 
Well, living in Toronto, no matter who they lose, we're going to bitch about it and we're going to overanalyze it and be like, he could have contributed to the Leafs because that's just the way it works here in Toronto. That's right. then, he, then he turns in to be a stud. Yeah, that that also kind of happens all the time too, Chris. For, yeah. for the Las Vegas Black Knights, what a team name! The, the Las Black Vegas Knights. Black Knights. Why don't you just call the Las Vegas Blackjacks? They were gonna do Black Aces, which would oh gosh, oh uh, Black Knights. Black he Knights. He, uh, the, the he went owner. to uh, West Point, right? Yeah, the owner Bill Foley. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how he got his money. I'm trying to figure that out. So we it's America. So anyone, anyone can find a way to make that kind of money. You just never know. It's the land of opportunity, right? He's worth $4 billion. Holy shit. What, you got some backdoor army deal there? He gets fees off recruitment? Maybe he's like like the, like a shadow owner of Lockheed or something. Does he know, any, does he know any Italian people, maybe? <laughs> uh, let me see what it says about him. Oh, my God. Wait, no way. This kid has got to be wrong. <laughs> did you get that off of Wikipedia, Chris? We've had issues with people claiming Wikipedia before. Yeah. Lo- lo- did you say Lockheed, the, the, as in the gun company? Sure, yeah. I, I was thinking more stealth bombers, but sure. Oh, is that it? I don't know. They, uh, they, from bombers? what I know, they like they, they make things that go boom, from, from what I've heard. Yeah, that's aeronautics, right? Some, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Lockheed's yeah. like a subdivision of them, if I'm not mistaken. Or the yeah, other way around. I make I'm, a lot of money. I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm Canadian. I'm not a weapons expert to that point. Yeah, ballistic missiles. It's in Bethesda. Well, see, Bill Foley here, I got, I got a little profile of him. The chairman of $4 billion market cap uh, mortgage giant Fidelity National Financial. Oh, what? Nice. So he's good at kicking people out of his homes. Oh, yeah. So that, that, could, that could explain quite a bit right there. Made a cool $4 billion off the house market crash. Oh, yeah. Also, especially. Uh, oh, Fidelity's wealth management. Yeah, he has spent the last few years investing two hundred million in distressed wineries. This is from Forbes. So the guy you're thinking of is the Cavs owner. What, what's that asshole's name? Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. That's who you're thinking of. They're like, we love Dan Gilbert. He's finally spending to the cap. I'm like, because he's taking your homes. <laughs> you guys are morons. But that luxury the, tax. Hashtag defend the land. Shut up. Defend my land. Defend that's the irony the behind it all. Though. Defend, defend your the land own that. land from him stealing it from you. That's the irony behind it all. I love it. <laughs> Gilbert just one day in his room by himself. <laughs> the boardroom. Wow. Defend my land. Make it work. And then someone just, one of his assistants goes up, oh, sir, maybe it should be ours. Yeah, sure, whatever. Go on. Yeah. Oh, Fidelity. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Fidelity. Fidelity National Financial. Oh, wow. $6.6 billion in revenues. That's in 2013, too. No big deal. So this guy's got serious money. Yeah. He's got Donald Trump money. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of who's... who's Sorry, the, I had to do it. My bad. Who's, the, who's that owner in L.A., the new uh, Clippers owner? Oh, my uh, Steve God. Steve Ballmer. Ballmer. He's an ass. In terms of like a guy who has the money, wants to have it, wants the team. I don't know how fully fully is in real life, but like, like that's the kind of situation I'm looking at here. Guy who works for like the head of like a really top notch company. Jake, I'm curious, why is Steve Ballmer an ass? Uh, one, his kid was my was my buddy's roommate, and apparently the guy like looks like he's on cocaine at all times. That I can believe. I, I, I remember. He I do follow basketball. Like he does cocaine every <laughs> second of the day. Watch anything he does, and he's way too excited. And also, he screwed all of professional sports by just completely. Destroying the valuation of it, like, do, you know how the bidding process went for the Clippers? Oh like, yeah, somewhere like, Donald like, Sterling is just pissing himself laughing. 
I know. Yeah, it's the worst like, part. Like, thanks, idiots. I'll yeah. say the N word more. Maybe yeah. I'll be for it. <laughs> the best but, best career decision I ever made financially. Exactly. <laughs> like they started out as like eight hundred and fifty million. Then it was like silent auction. So, like I don't understand that. So the next closest bid to him was one point one billion, and he's just like two. He bid a billion more than the next person was willing to offer. It was beyond excessive. Idiots. Oh yeah. my god. That's why I hope the Clippers never win because he paid two billion for a team that's never even been in the goddamn conference finals. No comment. That I can actually. Oh, I can. Right. I can confirm that. Hey, we've been to the conference finals finally. Hey. Who's are we? Ta- that's right. <laughs> We're here. Well, on that note, guys, I think we should uh, wrap this up here. All right, sounds good. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the TOT Cast. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can reach out to us at Tip of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to Ryan, our lovely local once in a while hockey fan, you can Hi, reach guys. him at Ryan Greco four one six on Twitter. If you want to reach Dave, you can reach Dave at D underscore Morisuti. If you want to reach Jake, you can reach Jake at JakeMilton12. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at ChrisOKranitz. Anything else, guys, feel free to email us. Hit us up in any way you see fit. Thank you for listening. And have yourself a great day. Morgan Riley going with the shot. Sweden, William Nylander. Tonight's Mitch Marner. 